0: you shouldn't have to wake up and ask yourself is the person i love and care about going to be nice to me today because it's totally fine to have a bad day but it's not okay to talk down to people or take it out on someone that you claim to be a friend thank you for tuning into my podcast waking up with lauren coletti this is a show where we dive into relatable topics for relationships, attachment styles, metaphysical teachings, trauma, and more. Thank you for joining in on these authentic conversations with medical professionals, experts, and so many influential guests who come to share their experience and add value to the lives of myself and my beloved listeners. Thank you so much again for joining me in Waking Up Together. Thank you, my loves, for listening and tuning in to another episode. I am so thankful for every single person that listens to my podcast. I'm super passionate about everything I talk about, and I kind of just talk into the mic like I'm talking to a friend over a cup of coffee, except that friend is myself. So (laughs) I am super grateful and appreciate you being here with me and waking up together. This may or may not be the last episode I record before I leave for Europe. It's starting to get super real and kind of scare me. But I keep reminding myself, it's okay to be scared. It's normal. <laughs> and if I wasn't scared, then something might be more wrong than it really is. But I remind myself in those moments that 95% of the things that we worry about never truly come to fruition. So, when I am recording my episodes, whether I'm in Spain, Italy, Greece, Portugal, France, or Switzerland, I will probably be doing videos and having them professionally produced because I want everything to look really nice and seamless and I am proud of myself though because I was just about to say I'm not the best with editing and I caught myself and I have been exploring making TikToks this last week, and I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but for me it really is because TikTok and video editing and social media is all really intimidating to me, and I always felt too threatened that, oh, these people other than me are really good at this, so if I make a video it's gonna look like shit, and kind of felt this sense of shame and embarrassment that I didn't even want to try because I felt humiliated that mine might not be as good as someone else's so I didn't even bother but I've had the flu the last week if you can tell in my voice my voice sounds so much better than it did even 2 days even yesterday so if I need to take a coughing break I'm going to pause the audio and I'm sure you'll understand but having nothing to do for the last week has led me to explore making videos and it's kind of fun it is pretty time consuming i'm not gonna lie even for a third 30 second i think real or 15 second tiktok it takes a like a lot goes into it so i don't know how people make one of those every single day But it's kind of fun, and I think that as with anything, the more that we practice and the more patience we have with ourselves, the better that we'll get. And just reflecting on this last week, it's been really difficult for me and kind of triggering my eating disorder a little bit because I started feeling sick last Tuesday, and by Tuesday night, I had 101 fever. I was super sick. But as many of you know, since I am leaving for Europe in nine days uh, i've been on kind of this exercise and diet plan to look really good for when i do go to rome and i meet up with my uh, albanian lover and i was just like i need to look really freaking good for him so i have been working out frivolously for every day for the last like two months and getting the flu I feel like it kind of set me back but I want to talk about this for a second and unpack this because I've been trying to challenge my eating disorder voice as some of you might know I had bulimia for about 14 years and I haven't made myself throw up in I had a relapse over the summer so it's been like six months and not being able to work out has just brought back that eating disorder voice that's like, you're going to get fat. If you don't work out, you need to work out every day or else you're going to gain weight. So I lost my appetite with the flu. And I thought that was good enough because if I'm not working out, well, at least I'm not eating. Then my appetite started resurfacing two days ago and it became super scary for me. And I still don't feel well enough to do a weight workout, a cardio workout. I don't feel up to it yet. And I tried to not eat and just restrict because I felt since I'm not working out, I can't eat. And yesterday, also proud of myself, I had the idea that I'm going to skip dinner because I didn't work out yesterday still. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm hungry. I am going to eat. So I made two sunny side up eggs. My body was craving it so bad. They tasted so freaking good. And I'm proud that I did the scary thing and ate when I wanted to starve myself and punish my body. Because when our bodies are sick, we need nourishment. We might lose our appetite. We might not be eating or drinking as much. I know I definitely was very dehydrated. Yesterday I went and I got an iv to help with the rehydration and it was a Myers cocktail so it had a bunch of vitamins in it to just bring me back to life and hydrate me so our bodies need to rest and I just have been trying to rest assured that my body is healing and I don't need any vigorous intense movement right now today I did an hour restorative gentle slow yoga practice and it felt so nice so Tomorrow, if I'm feeling up to it, I'm going to allow myself to get back into my workout. And there is a fine line between, I don't want to say being lazy because we're not lazy. We're just listening to what our body needs. But making excuses and uh, procrastinating, exercising versus actually needing to heal and rest, especially when we're sick. So give yourself permission to just Close your eyes and ask your body what it's craving. This is all intuitive practices that we can do to connect with our bodies and grow closer to our intuition and heal. I even tried doing this today. I said, What do I want to eat? Do I want to eat a yogurt, Greek yogurt with honey and almonds and cinnamon, or do I want a fruit smoothie and I was really struggling As someone that can tend to be indecisive so I closed my eyes in front of the fridge I took a deep breath and I said Lauren what is my body calling for and she went with smoothie but then on my way to get the ingredients for the smoothie I saw I had a frozen vegan vegetable pizza and I said that looks really good so I'm going to eat that instead and Back to eating disorder treatment from a long time ago. The last time I was in ED recovery was 2015, 2016. We had a hunger fullness scale and we had to write before and after every meal what our hunger and fullness levels were to trust our body's natural wisdom because we all have that inner voice, but a lot of times. With trauma and societal conditioning and just things get in the way, we we lose ourselves in that and we stop trusting our inner wisdom. So it's all about coming back to the knowledge of your body and seeing what would best serve you in the moment. So got off on a tangent there, but I feel like I had to say that. Today, I wanted to talk about something that's kind of hard and weighing heavy on my heart and that is friendship breakups and this has been a recurring theme for me this has been really huge for the last two years i've had a lot of loss in my life especially in the form of friendships and i want to kind of normalize that these things aren't talked about but they are universal I've experienced a lot of heartbreak throughout my whole life (laughs) it was probably the number one worst feeling and I think as human beings tend to be the most painful feeling that we can potentially feel besides loss which goes hand in hand with heartbreak because grief is a form of heartbreak but we see a lot about romantic relationships and marriage and things like that but we don't often hear about the struggles of platonic relationships and i recently decided to end a relationship kind of with my best friend and it sucks but i trust it's the right thing and i have to choose being true to myself and my self-respect and loving myself over false fake connection Because as humans, especially, I keep going back to that line for this episode, but behaviorally, humans need rest. We need food, water, shelter. We also need connection. And I really want to shout out Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart. Brene Brown is a researcher. She's a professor. She studies shame and human emotions. And her latest book, Atlas of the Heart, it's a really big long book i think audiobook wise it's maybe like eight to ten hours maybe longer but it talks about pretty much every spectrum in the wide range of human emotions and if you're into geeking out on human emotions and things like that i would highly suggest reading it it's really beautiful beautiful book and her research is just so transformational Uh, in our lifetime so I forget what I was really going for but she says that we need connection as much as we need sleep as much as we need shelter as much as we need clothing anything else and people that feel lonely have something between 40 and 50% increased risk of premature death I'm like oh shit I'm fucked (laughs) because I feel lonely a lot of the time especially since the breakup with nick my ex i've been feeling pretty lonely and isolated and kind of down and i want to give us all permission that even if we had a breakup when did nick and i break up in july and i broke up with him it's okay six months later to still feel sad some days maybe even every day it depends on the situation i remember my first love his name was Jack. And we dated on and off for about two years. And I cried over Jack <laughs> every single day for nine months straight. And after I saw crying about him every single day, it was like every other day. And I wouldn't say that I was quote unquote fully over Jack until maybe 2020. It took me four years to get over a relationship that was only two. And I felt so much shame about this. I felt like something was extremely wrong with me and I was defective and I was broken, but we don't say that. Let's say we break both of our legs, right? We don't say, oh, it's been three weeks and I'm not walking yet, or it's been three years and I haven't run a marathon. I have two fully functioning legs, And right now, I'm sure I could train for it, but I cannot run a friggin' marathon. So why do we put so much more pressure on emotional healing and all on our hearts? It's the same as physical healing, if not harder. (laughs) Because we can't go to, I mean, we can go to therapy for our emotional wounds, but there's no ETA on the estimated time of arrival when everything is okay. So if you're feeling stuck on someone and there is a time and place for complicated grief and when we should seek emotional support through therapy, group therapy, EMDR, anything. But today I was reflecting and there's so many factors that go into us feeling better. For me, when I was at my worst, I was suicidal. I had a death wish. What helped me get better was meditating every day journaling every day, doing yoga every day, listening to self-help books and motivational speeches every day. But what also helped me in my healing process and aided in my therapeutic journey was going to therapy. At my lowest point, I was in therapy three times a week, y'all. And I was taking medication and that's okay. We all need extra help sometimes. And it doesn't make us weak to say, I can't do this alone. We need other people sometimes. We can't do everything by ourselves. It's okay to ask for help. And it's such a sign of strength to ask for help. And vulnerability is such a beautiful sign of bravery and courage. And Brene Brown says that the brokenhearted are the bravest among us because they have loved. And how much easier sometimes it is to just shut our hearts down and say fuck love i'm never gonna love again when i was 20 years old my girlfriend broke my heart so i'm throwing in the towel and i'll never get close to someone again that's so cowardly (laughs) i can't that's just ridiculous in my mind like i can understand and empathize with someone that's coming from that but if you haven't loved, you haven't lived. And I think Brene says this too. Since I've been listening to a lot of her work, she's kind of inspiring some thoughts that are coming to my mind. But she says that if you cannot... like, What does she say? She says if you choose not to love, yeah, maybe you are preventing yourself from getting heartbroken, but you're also preventing yourself from feeling the most intense primal and primitive emotions that we're meant to feel as humans is the most rewarding meaningful and fulfilling experience is to love another and even if you lose another which you will we lose everyone in our whole lives and that's a scary thought and a lot of people don't want to go there but i'd rather not be in denial we're gonna lose every single person and thing that we have ever loved and that's like terrifying and tremendously painful but a sign of a life well lived is that you've loved well and you've been loved and you've loved others and this pertains to friendships too so i recently made a new best friend and it was really nice for a while because i had a best friend and This best friend was my best friend for a couple years, maybe from 2018 to 2020-ish, 21, and she was my best friend, and we were just very incompatible, and I decided that it wasn't best for us to move forward with our friendship, and it sucked, and since... 2020 i've lost maybe five people that i've considered really good friends so i was very lonely for quite some time and i downloaded bumble bff last winter which if you're familiar with bumble the dating app they have an app that you can choose friends and you can make friendships on the app through the app and i would highly suggest it it sounds kind of pathetic when you just hear it like that but it was actually pretty successful for me i made two close connections and you know quality over quantity when it comes to friends especially as you get older you appreciate your friends a lot more than you did when you were younger I think because you recognize how rare it is to have a good friend but one of the girls that I had met we went away together to Europe we went to Italy and Greece and there were some things that happened on the trip that had upset me And I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't think that anyone is ever intentionally malicious. I think we're just imperfect humans who are sometimes ignorant, myself included. And two completely different backgrounds and people coming together. Sometimes we don't recognize how we come off. So I get home from the trip and my mentality was, fuck this. I'm never going away with this girl again. But after a while... I realized I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm very forgiving, sometimes to my detriment, and I decide to tell her how I feel. And I want to normalize, let's start telling people how we feel and communicating transparently and authentically with them instead of ghosting them because we're too scared to be honest. I find this so much in... Not just the millennial and the Gen Z generation, but you could be 30, 40 and you're still ghosting. And I just don't think it's right. I think there's a time and place for ghosting. We've all been ghosted and we've all ghosted. We've all been on both sides of the coin probably, but if you don't wanna hurt someone's feelings, please be honest with them. Because I think it hurts to never know. And to never have that clarity in that answer. I was recently ghosted. And it was a blessing in disguise, I recognize. But I would have so much more respected the person if they were transparent and communicated with me like a grown adult. Uh, because it's a big sign of maturity when you do that. It says, I respect you. And I respect you enough to let you know what's going on. And I decided to do this. And the person that I went away with we did we she respected me for telling her she apologized it seemed very sincere i forgave her and we moved on and we had a lot of great months together after that but then last weekend came around and she unknowingly i think disrespected me again and here's the thing i tolerate a lot especially as a people pleaser and a recovering codependent I can tend to give people so many chances at the own detriment of disrespecting myself. So if I allow you in my life, even after you've made me feel really bad about myself, it's essentially abandoning my own self-worth just to keep someone around because I don't wanna lose that love, that connection, that friendship. But last weekend, this person acted just very arrogantly in a way that really triggered me because she said something like, Lauren, how old are you? In a very condescending way. And it just felt very cold and rude. And my sister always says that to me. And my sister is, uh, I don't know how to say this in a kind way. My sister is a complete bitch. I love her to death, but she's actually like a very mean person. So she doesn't mean to be. That's just how her personality is. She's very cold. But... When my friend said this, it just reminded me so much of my sister. And I said, I'm tired of being in relationships with people who don't see my value, who treat me as if I'm less than them and talk down to me. And I walked away from us hanging out last weekend. I'm not sure when this will come out, but I felt really small and I felt very unseen. And I kind of questioned like my deservingness. Am I stupid? Am I pathetic? You know, I was having a panic, anxiety-like attack in public because I was facing someone that had hurt my feelings, and I felt like this person didn't hold space for me, and I did not feel safe in her presence. And I recognize for me, as someone that is a trauma survivor, how important it is to be around people that make me feel good about myself and make me feel safe, and I thought about it for a while, and I thought maybe I'll just ignore it and pretend it never happened, as we tend to do sometimes, right? Especially as people that have low self-esteem and maybe not that much confidence. We say, oh, maybe it's just me. Maybe I am being too sensitive. Maybe I am uh, overreacting I'm being too dramatic. We gaslight ourselves, especially if we've been verbally and mentally abused our whole lives. We blame ourselves. So, we went a few days without talking, then she came over, and she, when she came over a couple days later after this had happened, there was just, like, tension in the air, and I feel like she had a bad attitude, and she kind of, again, took it out on the people around her, which was me and my other friends, and I just didn't like it. It just left a really bad taste in my mouth, and we had made plans to go ice skating this weekend and it's her birthday coming up so she asked me to get together again after that and i said sure because i thought maybe i could just forget about it but as time went by i said lauren fuck this no you're not hanging out with this person would the version of yourself that you want to become would your higher self would she settle for this behavior and i think that this was the universe testing me are you going to settle again for someone that treats you like crap sometimes, right? That's the thing. When it comes to people like that, dominant people who kind of overpower us sometimes, they're not always like that. And I compared this to my old abusive relationship and I saw a lot of similarities. I'm like, fuck, I cannot do this again because when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. You don't know when they're going to snap on you. You don't know when they're going to change. They're nice to you 75% of the time, but the other percent, you feel completely small around them and disrespected and you feel like your voice doesn't matter. And it shouldn't be like that. At least I don't think it should be like that. I've had a lot of unhealthy and toxic, dysfunctional relationships in my life. So I can't say too much about how relationships should be, but I know how they shouldn't be. And they shouldn't make you feel like you're walking on eggshells, afraid to upset the person, afraid when the other shoe is gonna drop. Especially romantic relationships, but especially friendships, because friendships are the relationships in your life. They should be your safe haven, where you go to be yourself and you can unwind and lift your you lift each other up. You make each other feel better. And I can't say that it was like that. So I thought to myself, we have to say something. If it's even just for your own self-value, for your own self-concept, you have to say something. You can't keep allowing behavior like this into your life because it's just going to be a domino effect. And I decided to text this person. I said, I'm not going ice skating with you. You really hurt my feelings. I need space apart. And they essentially were kind of dismissive and didn't apologize or anything like that. So it just showed me where we stand and that's okay. I'm not mad at this person at all. I really do love her and I care about her, but I don't know if we're compatible in the friendship department. And I think that some time and separation would serve us good and if we are meant to be friends then we'll come back together and reunite if it's meant to be, when the time is right. But I need to start putting my foot down and asking myself, does this person give life to me or do they take life from me? Do they give me energy or do they suck my energy dry? And if it's the latter, if you feel like your friend's not a good influence on you, then it might be time to reevaluate those relationships and just set some boundaries. Even if it's energetic boundaries with yourself when it comes to them, I think that those can be really powerful and helpful. And I wanted to read something. As many of you know, I have the Get Untamed Journal by Glennon Melton, one of my absolute favorite authors and podcasters and humans. And I would love to meet Glennon one day. But... In her journal, which is based off of the book Untamed, which I cannot recommend enough, she has some prompts on what it means to be a good friend. And I recognized myself having a lot of false notions and limiting beliefs of what it means to be a quote unquote good friend and how that compared to what I was taught growing up about what it means to be a good boyfriend, a good girlfriend and i thought that the two really overlapped and i wanted to read it out loud my journal responses for you so when it comes to my new script my new memo on what a good friendship means this is what it means it means loyalty honoring each other feeling safe holding space filled with compassion makes you feel good lift one another up you can be transparent and tell them how you feel. They respect your boundaries. You're responsible, not just for each other, but for yourselves. And you communicate, negotiate. And I don't think a lot of people do that these days. A lot of people don't communicate because like I said, it's so much easier to just hold it in and go someone because you're scared and honor that. Okay, this is my fear, but I don't know, I always found that when I do tell people up front how I'm feeling, I regret it a lot less than when I ghost people. Because when we ghost people, it's coming from a fear, a scarcity place, a place of not really trusting in our emotions or what we have to say. And the person can respect your boundaries or they can disregard your boundaries. That's on them. That's not on you. You did your part. You were honest. You were authentic. And I'll talk a little to this because I had set a boundary a couple weeks ago with this guy online that I was talking to, and I saw a lot of red flags and I decided to tell him I don't want to continue our relationship in the way that it's been. We were FaceTiming all the time we were talking and I told him I am not interested anymore. So I expressed my boundary to him. And he completely ignored my boundary and he reached out to me on Telegram and WhatsApp and Snapchat and Instagram and every which way that I could block him, he would find a new way with a new number to text me. And I didn't answer him after that because I said, you know what? I did not ghost him. I expressed my boundary. I spoke my truth and he decided to not take it. So me not answering him out of my own self-preservations on him, it's not on me. So with that being said, I wanted to read my false script, my fear mentality of what I was trained to believe makes a good friend. A good friend is always real with their friends. They never say no. They don't tell their friends what they need to hear. They tell their friends what they want to hear. She puts her friends first. She's always down to hang out and do whatever fun party girl wild things her other friends wants to do. She takes photos of her friends whenever they ask, texts backs right away, does not disappoint her friends, always hypes and backs her friends up, is supportive even if her friend is wrong. She goes out of her way for her friends, chips them money, wants to be together all the time and always correctly anticipates her friends needs. And that is just so not true to be a good friend to be a good partner wife mother leader whatever we don't have to be perfect (laughs) we do not have to be perfect in order to be worthy of love and respect we just have to be ourselves and we have to be true to who we are and our values and sometimes our values and our morals don't line up with other people's and that's okay you can agree to disagree But if you find that something is just bringing you down, please don't be a martyr and stick it out. We don't have to do that anymore. It's not cool in 2022. It's not going to be cool in 2023 to be the martyr anymore. What's cool is (laughs) self-love. Not even that it's cool. It's it's freaking necessary. Or else we're always going to be miserable and we're always going to be in these emotional vampire relationships and wonder why. The people that we surround ourselves by, they're the people that we become the most like, we are the most like. I'm not sure who said that, but they said the five people that you're around the most are the people who you will become. So if you find that your friend's not being a good influence on you, or maybe they make you question who you are, or just you walk away not feeling great every time you hang out with them or you dread hanging out with them, Conserve your energy. Some friends are fine to hang out with. You know you can only hang out with them an hour once a month. And other friends you want to see all the time. So I really invite you to kind of analyze your friendships, your relationships in your life, and just see where your head is at. See how they make you feel about yourself. And I know that it's not as simple as just cutting people off. Trust me. I live in a house environment with two very... I hate saying toxic people because it's just such an overused word and we're all fucking toxic. Like I'm toxic as hell. At the end of the day, we all have qualities about ourselves that are questionable and perhaps should be worked on. But if you have people in your life who are not consciously working on themselves, they they aren't open to the truth, they aren't open to hearing they need to grow and develop and that's where you're at you're on this spiritual journey of evolution and of trying to live up to your fullest potential in this lifetime, find other like-minded people like that because they're going to push you to be your best self and they're not going to take their insecurities and jealousy or whatnot out on you. And maybe they do sometimes, but they're conscious and they make an effort to not do that anymore and they stop doing something that they know hurt you. Because if you tell someone when you do this it makes me feel x y and z or i feel x y and z and it's hurtful can you please stop and they continue that's a choice they're deliberately choosing to keep doing that because they know you're going to stay in their life and there'll be no consequences because bullies love that bullies love to take advantage of people and manipulate people and control people and We don't need that in our lives. We do not need to carry that with us into the new year. So it's scary. It sucks losing people, but you'll feel lighter. And maybe you'll miss them and that's okay. You can miss someone and not want them back in your life. So I think I'm going to end this here. And I'm wondering how many of y'all can relate to this. (laughs) I'm sure a lot can. And I'll see where this takes me i don't regret my decision i'm actually very proud of myself for doing the hard thing because usually the hard thing is the necessary and the right thing to do and that's what's gonna make us change and take us to where we want to go in our lives so congratulations if you've done something similar if you've done something that was very fear induced but you moved through it anyway and you came out on the other side i am so freaking proud of you and commend you for your strength and your courage. And we are resilient and we will get through this. We'll get past it and we'll be better on the other side. So thanks so much for listening. I would love for you to follow my podcast, to reach out to me on Instagram if this moved you or touched you in any which way. Please share if you feel someone could benefit from this episode and I'll talk to y'all in the next one.